the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by New Covenant Church, Greater Heights. Christ didn't simply heal a paralyzed man. He transformed him, both physically and spiritually. Those who are saved understand the very physical and spiritual relationship they have with Jesus Christ. If you know this, want this for someone else or for yourself, keep listening. The Transformative Power of Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. It is good to be with you here live on KKHT. This is Pastor John Allworth with New Covenant Church Greater Heights. And I want to talk to you today about something that I think will change your life. You may already be doing it as a Christian, you're listening to this station, but I want to emphasize the importance of it. And it's something that uh, that we all need to do more, I think, need to do more. You know, we all go through s- series of dryness, you know, se- seasons of difficulty, wandering in the desert of life, wandering through the wilderness, and we look for answers in the world. And the world comes at us with all kinds of answers, self-help books, yoga, do this, do this, uh, commercials, go out to nightclubs, hang out with the beautiful people, do all these things. These will solve your problems. And so often these solutions, whatever they are, hobbies, whatever they are, and I'm not saying they're all bad, but they don't really get to the root of what we need. They don't really resolve our issues. But we have a way to, to do to resolve our issues, and perhaps we should take advice from from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he wrote in Matthew 4, 4, when he was in the wilderness, when the devil was tempting him and uh, told him to turn stones into bread, he said in Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We talked about this last night in our church and Sunday nights in the Heights. We talked about that last night because, you see, we've got this living, breathing, active Word of God. We've got the Word of God. We've got, God has given us a manual, 66 books that have the answers for life, that apply to our lives today. It is a living, breathing document that speaks to us, that it's the inspired Word of God. And in fact, so much of it comes from Jesus Christ, certainly in the New Testament himself, when God came to earth. You know, I love the way the Gospel of John starts, and and I hope you're you're listening to me, and I hope this inspires you to to turn whenever you're in a difficult season, whenever you don't know what to do, whenever you've been passed over by that promotion, whenever a person has disappointed you because these things happen in life. I asked the congregation last night, I said, how many of you have gone through trials and tribulations this week? I would have expected this response if I'd said this year, but I said this week, and every single person raised their hand. Jesus said we would always have trials or tribulations. But you know that that life is like an open book test. You remember in school when, I liked it anyway, when when you'd go to school and test day and the teacher said, today we're going to have an open book test. I love those because I could look up those answers really fast, and it was it just gave me a sense of confidence. Well, we have an open book test. It's called life. 
but we don't often turn to the manual that tells us how to live life. And that is the Holy Word of God, the Bible. And I know you know this, but I really want to emphasize it to you today. And I want to bring some things out to you today about just how magnificent and wonderful his word is. So if we go to First John, I love the way John's gospel starts. In the beginning was the word. No, n- n- You see that choice of, of language there. The word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot, in the King James, comprehend it, or in the NIV, cannot overcome it. You see, Jesus Christ is the light that came to earth, and the darkness no matter what we go through, no matter how down we are, no matter how bad things look, the darkness cannot overcome Jesus Christ. He, it cannot happen. And, and we have been given this gospel, this beautiful, loving gospel that reaches out to every person and invites them into the kingdom of God. And we've been given this gospel, this beautiful gospel. And we so often don't take advantage of it. You know, I I have a suggestion for you. If you're ever down, if you're ever puzzled, if you ever don't know how to live life, if you feel like you don't have a purpose, if you feel like you really don't even know who you are, because we all go through those kinds of seasons, those difficulties, take out Matthew 5 through 7 and read the greatest sermon that was ever given, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus tells us so much theology in that. And he distinguishes himself from every other, showing us the tr- who, that he's truly from God, the true God, by saying things that no other religion practices. A man asks you to go a mile with him, go too. If you're slapped in the cheek, turn the other cheek. If a man asks you for your shirt, give him your cloak too. Pray for your enemies. Love your enemies. No other religion teaches that. But if that's who God is, he's God is love. You know, it's interesting. The word in Greek means utterance, speech, account. And that word logos, logos is the word in Greek, is commonly used in for the creative, for example, in Genesis, and the communicative, for example, in Jeremiah. Expressions of the divine thought and will. Jesus came down as God, as the very essence of who God was. We're going to go through some of the scriptures. But he gave us, he revealed who he is, his divine plans and purposes through the word, through his word. We want to understand who the character, and we're going to end this with the 10 reasons why you should read the Bible. And you need to set aside time. It's, you know, we, we all say that, oh, I need to go to my word. I need to read the Bible. I need, you, God likes people who worship him and pay attention to him on a regular basis. And and the reason he likes that is because it's going to help you live how you live your life. You need to set aside a time every day. Maybe you start your day 15, 20, 30 minutes in the morning where you're reading the Bible and praying. I suggest you do both. Set time aside. Any relationship needs time. If you want a relationship with God, you know, we pray to him, we talk to him, we we ask him for things. We, we ask him to intercede in our lives. We ask him for a supernatural touch, this and that. And we wish we could talk to him. Well, we can. We've got this incredible Bible where he's talked to us. He's given us his word. He's laid it all out. So Jesus, 
is the light of the world. And what I talked to my congregation about last night was how can we bring people into the kingdom and show that light? You know that the Bible calls us Christ's ambassadors on earth. Paul writes that in Second Corinthians, Christ ambassadors on earth. That is so cool. Do you know what an ambassador is? An ambassador is somebody that has authority to speak for the master, authority to act for the master. In fact, in, in chapter six, Paul writes, we are God's co-workers. Well, it's our job to go out in these last days and bring people into the kingdom of God. For God wants no man to perish, but all to come to repentance. So if we read on in this beautiful, lovely, wonderfully written poetry, really, that John wrote his gospel in, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. We're witnesses to the light. You know that? He was not that light, just like John. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave the power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Even to them that believe on his name which were not born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a beautiful son and daughter of God, the Most High God. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, and the Word was made flesh. The Word was made flesh. Jesus Christ came in the flesh. He is the Word of God. You know, I don't know about you, but the whole Bible is inspired by God, but man, when it's in red letter, I, I get excited and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Amen. That is such a powerful passage. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, one of my favorite parables is, uh, well, no, it's not a parable, it's a story. There's In John chapter 4, uh, we see the story of the, the Samaritan woman. This is a true account of Jesus encountering her. And there's so much richness. We could spend hours talking about this, but we're going we're gonna to talk about some of it and some of the key provisions. You know, it was remarkable because at this time, Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. They looked down on them, and, and men didn't talk to women. So this is a remarkable story, and it shows us how Jesus wanted to reach his kingdom out to the whole world that everyone is welcome. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, you, you've you've not done anything that God can't forgive. I mean, look at look at Saul, who who persecuted Christians, killed Christians. Look at Moses, who was a murderer. Look at the thief on the cross. And Jesus said, because he accepted him as Lord and Savior. So I don't care where you're at. If you're down and out, you feel guilty, shame. Those are that's from that's lies from the pit of hell. Jesus wants you in His kingdom. And he wants you to change your life. God wants us to spend time with him so that we can have the abundant life that he wants for us. So picking up in uh, chapter 7, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. (laughs) The woman from Samaria said, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me when I am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says this to you, give me a drink, then you would have asked for him, and he would have given you a drink of living water. 
Wow, there's so much powerful power in that. I want to take a little side note here. When he, when Jesus says to her, if you knew the gift of God, the gifts that God gives us, my Dake's Bible identifies eight divine gifts, divine gifts that God has given to men. Christ, the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, which are throughout the Bibles, in Romans, 1 Corinthians, Ephesians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Hebrews. If you would like a copy of, of all these scriptures, each of these have multiple scripture references. I handed them out last night at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, uh, in our uh, all of the all of the scriptural references for these eight divine gifts of men. Christ, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts three, four, salvation, five, eternal life, six, the divine call, seven, good gifts, and eight ministers. And here we're, Paul's talking about the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers that we see in Ephesians, excuse me, 4, 8 through 11. If you'd like a copy of that, you can email me at Pastor John, and uh, there are a couple things I'll send you copies of from this sermon, Pastor John, J-O-N, Pastor John at nccgreaterheights.org. I've been getting a few emails, and I appreciate them, and I will respond to them. Pastor John, J-O-N, at nccgreaterheights.org. So he tells her about the living water, the living water. Water, the word is often described as water in the Bible. Because like I started this sermon, we go through these dry seasons where we're just we're just parched and, and we're just famished and, and we don't know where to turn and we and we just feel empty and we don't know where to turn. Well the living waters come from God and they're they're from the Bible. In John seven thirty seven through thirty eight, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes me, as scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's the word of God. That's what nourishes us. That's what refreshes us. The living waters. Don't you want to be someone that has the word of God in you so much that, that you can, when people come talk to you and they've got difficulties, that out of your mouth comes scriptures that are embedded in you. Well, you can't get there if you don't know the Bible, if you don't read the Bible. In Jeremiah 2.13, the prophet writes, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. I don't know about y'all, but I dug a lot of cisterns in my life that couldn't hold water. It was like I was holding an empty bucket, and I kept trying to pour things into it, money, prestige, pleasures of the flesh, whatever it was. I could never get enough. I had a hole in the bottom of that bucket, that cistern, and it just kept going out. Never was I fulfilled. Never did I have the peace that surpasses all understanding until I gave my life to Jesus Christ and surrendered all to him. He is the, the living water that will fulfill you. He's such a wonderful and good God. You know, we often say as Christians, we say, and we are, we're washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thing. If it, if it weren't for Jesus Christ, we're all, we've all fallen way short of the glory of God. None of us could qualify on our own. But Jesus Christ came and he pinned all of our sins on that cross, trillions and billions and however, but the largest number you can think of, pinned to that cross. So we're washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Our sins are washed away. They're as far from the east as the west. 
This concept of washing applies to the word, too, and to water. As I tell you in Ephesians 5, 26 through 27, Husbands, love your wives. What a, what a command. Just as Christ loved the church. If you're listening, husbands, it's a tall order, but what's, it's what we're called to do. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word by washing with water through the word and to present her the church to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. We only get there by being washed by the blood of Christ and the blood of the word, the water of the word. Love these two scriptures out of revelation 21 six. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end to the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. Well, you've got that water in front of you if you've got a Bible. The eternal spring of water that comes out from that Bible, that is the word of God, and that will feed you, and that will refresh you in ways that the world just can't do. Revelation 22, 1, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as a crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. You know, I hope that everyone, and God more importantly, hopes that everyone that can hear my voice will see that beautiful, eternal river of life flowing as we all gather together and sing praises to him. What a wonderful thing. In Hebrews 4.12, Paul writes, For the word of God is alive and active. It's also how we started. It is alive and active, and it's you've got it at your disposal. Make use of it. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, when we talk about putting on the armor of God that we see in Paul's beautiful analogy in Ephesians chapter 6, and take the helmet of salvation, verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's a mighty sword that you have to all these influences we have in the world. He that is within you is greater than he that is in the world. You have a mighty sword, and it's the Word of God. It will protect you. It will keep you from sin. It will keep you from influences in your life that, that you don't need to follow. It is a powerful, powerful tool that we have as Christians. You know, I, I need to say, I meant to say this in the beginning, I think I announced last show that this would be my last show, but, you know, as I was preaching and, and as I got some responses from people, the Holy Spirit tugged on me, and I just couldn't, I'm, I got a really crazy schedule, but I couldn't, I couldn't give this up. I just, God has been so good to me, and I, if I'm just helping one person, then it's worth it being here. So let's look at 10 reasons to read the Bible. There are many more, but... I thought these, this list was really powerful. Number one, reading the Bible shows us God's character. The Bible is our definitive source for the answers to our questions about God. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, I'm not going to read all this because I'm running out of time, but Paul wrote, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. We talked about that earlier. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. I don't know about you, but the word of Jesus Christ, reading his words changes my life. And every time I read the Bible, I see new revelations. God gives me something new. It's so wonderful. After he had provided purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Amen. 
Number two, so reading number one is reading the Bible shows us God's character. Number two, reading the Bible teaches us to imitate God. You know, that's a tall order too. You know, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In Ephesians 5, 1, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. We are to be the light of Christ. We are his ambassadors. We are God's co-workers. We are to imitate him. We can't do it perfectly. We'll, we'll fail, but we're not condemned. We're convicted. And we get back up and we try to do it again. How are we going to bring people into the kingdom unless we show the love of God, not just by what we say, but how we act? People look not only at what you say, but what you do. I hope you're showing the love of God out there because that's the only way we're going to. The time is short. You know, no man knows the time or hour when Jesus is coming back. But I know many people I respect that think it's soon. But I also know this. I could go home on 59. I've got a long road back to Humble after this show. And I could get hit by an 18 wheeler. We never know how much time we have. And, you know, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 15, all of heaven will rejoice when one sinner comes to repentance. When we bring one sinner to repentance, what a wonderful thing to help influence people to make their lives better by finding a relationship with Jesus Christ. Number three, reading the Bible helps us to discover our next step, what we should do. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. So one, reading the Bible shows us God's character. Two, teaches us to imitate God. Three, helps us discover our next path. Four, reading the Bible keeps us from sin. You know, you go, you read the Bible and you get infused with it and you get invigorated by it and, and you, you want to live for him. And Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. He says that because he wants a better life for you. Psalm 119 again, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I really, you know, I really stressed to the congregation last night. Let's get the word of God in our marrow, in our heart. Number five, reading the Bible helps us to renew our minds so that we can know God's will. You know, I teach this in, in, in recovery classes and, you know, we're all recovering from something. So uh, it's just so powerful, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And here it comes. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You renew your mind by reading his word, by spending time with him, by praying, meditating on his word. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. God's will is always better for us than our own will. I've certainly lived that one too. Number six, reading the Bible allows us to be certain of what God said. The Bible is our final authority. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth, John seventeen seventeen. Reading the Bible, number seven, allows us to receive the desires of our heart. John fifteen seven. You know, we often say Jesus says, if you ask for it, you will receive it. But it also says when, we, when we're close to him, when we're seeking his will in our life. So John fifteen seven. if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Number eight, reading the Bible is how we learn about the gospel. John five thirty nine through 40. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. What a wonderful scripture. Number nine, reading the Bible gives us courage. Joshua chapter one, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Mediate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. 
Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. As Christians, we have nothing to fear. God's got us in the palm of his hand. As Paul said, to die is to gain. Reading number 10, reading the Bible helps us to be fruitful. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who mediates on his law day and night? That person is like the tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. So we've got 10 good reasons to read the Bible. You can find other lists that have even more. Reading the Bible shows us God's character. Reading the Bible teaches us to imitate God. Reading the Bible helps us discover our next step. Reading the Bible keeps us from sin. Reading, reading the Bible helps us to renew our minds so that we can know God's will. Reading the Bible allows us to be certain of what God said. Reading the Bible allows us to receive the desires of our heart. Reading the Bible is how we learn about the gospel. Reading the Bible gives us courage. Reading the Bible helps us be fruitful. Hey, join us at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, 240 West 18th Street, 77008, seven, Sunday nights in the Heights. We'd love to see you there. We love you at New Covenant Church, Greater Heights, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.